Welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I am your host, Sean Zock, and today we have another golf pro joining us. He is the 11th PGA Tour pro to join the show, and he recently locked up his first career win at the Sanderson Farms just nine days ago, I guess. He is Cody Gribble, PGA Tour rookie and now PGA Tour winner. Cody, has it sunk in yet? You know, Sean, it really, really hasn't. Um, I feel like it's, I feel like it's going to sink in a little more when, once I'm done with this stretch of tournaments. But, um, you know, knowing that, that I have a three-year three year exemption on the PGA Tour and that I've got a, the job secured for a while is, is, is a really, really good feeling. Um, but a PGA Tour winner, it, it still hasn't really gotten there, I think, until once I get home for a few days. Yeah, and actually can kind of let it sink in then. To be a PGA Tour winner, did they announce you as such on the first tee last week in Vegas? <laughs> yes. That's funny you asked that because I wasn't expecting that. And when they announced my Sanderson Farm 2016-17 Sanderson Farm champion, um, I did everything I could but not laugh at it. <laughs> but um, it was it was a pretty funny feeling. I definitely had a nice smile, and um, after I hit the shot, I looked up at Bob, and he he was laughing after I hit it. But that's uh, that was pretty funny hearing that yeah, for sure. No kidding. Uh, now you said the the exemption thing. Essentially, you get three years exemption on tour. Uh, that's that's meaningful, and people don't really understand how meaningful it is uh, unless they're maybe like thirty five years old and. They've had their exemption and then lost it and then had to retain it again. Right. So does it, I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that's going to pay off if you have struggles, uh, you know, if you kind of have of ups course. and downs. Of course. And, do, do players talk um, about that? You, yeah, for sure. You know, Sean, I, I played uh, I really this year on the web tour. I didn't have that great of a year. And um, I played fine, but not really up to my expectations. And, and I was kind of struggling this, this fall. And um, something just kind of, I started, you know, kind of caught lightning in the ball. started playing, putting great and driving it great. And um, had one really good finish in Columbus. And then um, my number really wasn't that great uh, going into the PGA Tour. I barely got in Safeway and had a top 10 there, which is, which was Honestly, the, the probably the most relieving, just knowing that in the reshuffle I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get um, into more tournaments. Mm -hmm. But uh, once I won, you know, from a rookie, knowing that uh, I'm gonna have another two years after this year, and even on top of that, being able to pick and choose what tournaments you want to play in, what tournaments um, are gonna suit my game better, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Just knowing that you just be able to pick and choose your, your schedule, playing well, um, play well on the course you want to play on, and um, that's just really the, the the best the best feeling a golfer could probably have. Yeah, I mean it's it's got to be liberating in some sense and, and have some levels of of kind of freedom. That's one side of the PGA Tour that I know for sure fans don't 100% understand. Media probably right. don't even understand it as fully as we should. Just the idea that. You don't just go out and play 25 events a year that are at your, uh, you know, are willy-nilly whenever you want to make it happen. I totally agree. I so. totally agree. And, I, I, you know, I could do I'm, – I'm still learning it as I go. Um, there's still a lot of things that I'm trying to learn as I go. But, yes, um, I totally agree with that. You know, and, and um, you know, when I want to have a break, I can have a break. And uh, that's something different than the last two years <laughs> – 
it's funny you saying that we're talking about this because this was in Vegas last yeah. week. I was with my agent Blake Smith and we were going over the schedule and he was like, okay, let's, let's kind of go through the schedule and see what you want to play in. In the last two years on the web tour, I've been, you know, you, you, you can't afford to miss a week off on the web tour. So if they say you're going 10 weeks in a row, you're, you're going 10 weeks in a row because you miss a tournament and you're losing a lot of money and potentially falling out of the top 25. And so I'm kind of looking at him like, this is strange that I can pick and choose my schedule. It's usually just like, you know, if we're going from Halifax, Canada to Salt Lake City, Utah, I just got to make it happen. You know what I mean? So I get to kind of be, I can find my convenience on a a schedule and, um, you know, like I said, just kind of pick and choose. And I, I can't wait for the Texas swing. Um, and get back home and play in the Byron Nelson in my hometown and uh, even Colonia over in Fort Worth and Shell Houston and, and the Valero. Good stuff. Uh, now, before we move into talking about the nuts and bolts of that win at the Sanderson, are you the kind of guy who's going to celebrate and, and buy something, use some some of that paycheck, or are you going to save it and stash <laughs> it away? <laughs> you know, well, Sean, I've been living at home for the last – three years and uh honestly i a big goal of mine has been able one to buy a house but um i don't know i love it at home have you ever seen that movie failure to launch i kind of feel like i might be that guy <laughs> who uh just it might just live at home for the rest of his life yeah matt, but, is it matt mcconaughey <laughs> i'm kidding but you know i nothing yet nothing yet i'm i'm i'd say i'm pretty tight on my money and um you know there's obviously some things that I'd like to invest in, like I said, a house, but um, I'm not moving too fast on that right now. <laughs> I like the movie, the movie reference. You know, uh, it... one one of my roommates loves to do my laundry and cook me breakfast, and <laughs> the other one likes to to yell at me. And uh, but um, it's good, it's good stuff. Yeah, that is fun. I know Justin Thomas told me after his first win uh, would be, I guess, a year ago in Malaysia. That the first yeah. thing he wanted to do was get back, and he had his he had his eyes set on a pair of suede uh, loafers, a pair of suede like slippers that he had he had his mind set on, and he wasn't gonna buy them until he won. So, I think that you'll have a you'll have a purchase <laughs> like that, I'm sure, before long. Well, we've got so our, my family's got um, a pretty good lease ranch uh, that we like to go out. We, we're big hunters, and and uh, my dad. His, he's, he had, he bought this 2500, this Chevy 2500 about 10 years ago. And, uh, I mean, the thing is a, a dump, but it's like his baby. So he's not, he's going to keep just sinking money into it until the thing literally won't work anymore. But, and I'm so sick of having to deal with all the problems on this truck. So I've thought about getting another truck, but it's not going to be a, a fancy one. I can assure you that the thing's going to be another dump, but it'll be a little bit nicer than his dump. <laughs> hey, everyone's got to have goals. It's, that's, that's right. That's, that's right. I mean, it mine's a, a a piece of crap twenty five hundred Chevrolet four by four because we're kind of white trash and we like it. Oh, that's good. All right, now I'm always curious about players' mentalities when they they kind of make their way through a round, make their way through an event, and when it comes to your Sanderson. First round did not go uh, compared to the other rounds up to par. Really, right. did anything? Right. Ha- you, you shot seventy three, and if you look at this the leaderboard, 
no one else in the top uh, 15 had a round of 73 or worse. So I'm curious, that round obviously stands out, but like, was there something that happened in that kind of rough first round that made you think that you could, you could still turn it on for the second round, third round? You know, I didn't really think about, uh, I was, I, I think something that I think I've done a little better than, than most. And I think really Jackson is, is where I kind of found it was, you know, obviously there's a, the big picture is to win, but I think you got to look at the small picture and you got to look at the small things. Um, and I think a lot of people like to call it the process in order to win. And, um, after the first round, I've just, I've, I made too many mistakes. Um, I'd say rookie mistakes, immature mistakes on the course. And, um, I'm known to do that. I'm a pretty <laughs> aggressive guy and, um, I'll, I can, I can definitely make mistakes. And I, I did the same thing in Vegas, but, um, in Jackson, I was a little fast with my swing. I remember talking to Randy Smith, my teacher, and even my dad. But I told him, you know, I'm I'm a little fast, and it's, I'm obviously I'm, I do that a lot. I tend to I tend to get a little too quick, a little too fast tempo. Where I can't control it. But I said, you know, I gotta learn how to, I gotta slow down somehow. But really, other than that, I gotta eliminate the mistakes. And if I can eliminate the mistakes, even as poorly as I was hitting it, I still have a good chance. And um, the next day, I did that. The next day, I I just I played super conservative, um, but still aggressive, aggressively conservative, as I like to call it. But um, <laughs> and made some putts, made some good. My wedges were were, were I'd say above par that week, and um, hit a, a couple more fairways, but really didn't do anything all that special. Nothing was still just. I mean, I shot nine under, bogey-free, but it wasn't like I was playing. I wasn't striking it that great. It still wasn't anything special, but um, I just played very smart and um, picked my lines when I could be aggressive and then, you know, laid back when I when I wasn't feeling confident. So um, that, that round is something that I'll hold for a long time because uh, I'd say that, sh- that showed signs of maturity from, from me. And I still got a long ways to go, but that was that was a big round. Cool. Now I think that I don't I don't like to go down the road of comparing amateurs to professionals very often. But I know that when amateurs finish off what would be a disappointing round, it's really easy for their their confidence to get warped. And I'm sure that there are some levels of truth to that with the professionals. Whenever you finish a disappointing round, is there one thing that you think about like in the past or was it the safe way that you're thinking about like hey like I've done this before is there is there a way that you try to keep your confidence high Of course of course yes um you know I like to be I like to definitely find my mistakes um and really focus on a couple of things you know I, I, something that that um and it's very small but something that Randy always told me is how on 18 holes of golf Every single hole, yes. There's a, there's a, there's going to be four very difficult holes on a course. Three different very difficult holes on a course. But you can birdie every single hole. It doesn't matter how poorly you're hitting it. You are, you have the capability to birdie all 18 holes if you wanted to. So it's something I always like to think of, and it's weird. I mean, out of all the stuff, Randy, my teacher, has told me. I've worked with him since I was, you know, seven years old. But he, um, that has always stuck with me. So, yes, I, I know in the back of my mind I'm able to do whatever it takes, but I can birdie every hole. I can do that. 
but I always have to like to focus on one, two things after a round. Yeah. You know, there's there could be five things that <laughs> that I did very poorly that day, but try to pick out two major things and try to f- figure that out. Try to work on that. No, that's a good lesson. Uh, so first round, as we said, uh, when you break down your first round, actually, you're kind of near the bottom of the field, strokes gain putting. And if you yep. look, you look at the stats of just your tournament. I think that's the most glaring one. Is first round really struggle, at least stats wise. It looks like on the green, and then the, the final three rounds you really turn it on. Did, when it, when you see a tour pro do that, one day to the next, is it is like what do you what do you assert that to? I'm, I'm kind of interested in like, do you just get a, fe- a better feel of the greens? Does, some- yeah, yeah, for sure. I I think too a little bit is that we hadn't played on Bermuda in a while and. Um, I love Bermuda. Bermuda is uh, a great grass to put on, especially when it's short and fast. But um, I, first, I, we started reading them better. I don't know what happened. I don't know how we started. It was really one day that uh, you know we we're maybe my speed was a little bit better too. But I just really feel like we are our reads were so much better. We were. After one day of seeing them, we were able to, I don't know, just subconsciously see or consciously see the grain and how much it was involving, um, you know, a 10-footer to a 20-footer to a 30-footer. And um, I like to be – it's funny, I'm, I'm an aggressive player, but usually on a putting surface, I'm, I'm more of a dyer. So I'm, my speed is very spot on. It's usually um, – it's not going too far past – and I think Bermuda greens, you have to be a little more aggressive because sometimes that the grain can influence it a little too much. So sometimes being a little more aggressive on Bermuda greens has helped me. And um, I kind of found that out the next day and um, after even practicing after the first round a little bit. So that's what I kind of saw the most. Now, I think sometimes the stats are um, a little bit skewed. But I totally agree. Going from the first day to the rest of the days, it was night and day difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you started making, I mean, not everything, but you did You did hole <laughs> like 330-plus feet of putts uh, over the course of the next three rounds. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good feeling, Sean. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> so uh, moving to the end of, the, of your tournament, finish with a 31 in the back nine, distance yourself from the rest of the field, is that the best back nine of your life? It's one of them, no doubt. Um, it's got to be up there. Um, the back nine, really all day, it was just, I, I really had a couple couple times where I even had a chance of making bogey. The third hole, uh, the par five, uh, um, I got up and down out of the bunker for par. And the next hole, I got up and down for par. And I think on the twelfth hole, I had about a three footer for par. And um, but my putting, my speed, my driver, my tee ball was was very solid the whole last day. My putting, everything looked like it was going in. And it's funny, I even told Bob. I mean, there were so many putts that I left just in that revolution, just right in the heart. And or I had so many lip outs, so many burned edges, but. I was stroking it so well where it didn't even bother me. I was like, I mean, it doesn't really matter. The next hole, the next putt's going in. And um, 
it was just a it was it was a feeling where I felt so in control. And I mean, I haven't, Sean, I haven't won since mm-hmm. ten years. The Western Junior. I mean, it, it's just amazing how uh, you can go on a dry spell like that. But uh, it just felt like my day. I was super confident. I was honestly applying a lot of pressure on uh, against Luke and and Chris Kirk and my group and. Um, and I just wasn't making any mistakes at all. Yeah. And when you're doing something like that, I mean, I've seen it. I've been on the other side before, and it's 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 hard to beat. So that's what I'm interested in too. Is when people win at a relatively young age or early on in their tour career, it's really easy for media and fans to think, "Holy cow, what a, what a splash on tour!" It happens in the fall series of just about every year. Um, but it's op- often much more than that. There's like there's incremental steps along the way and not just on tour it's not just the safe way that helped you win you know there's things that you did on the web.com tour that that helped you win i totally agree and that's one thing i I like to point out with the web i mean i started i started uh on the pga latin america tour and then played half a year there and then played the web.com tour the next two years and um just learning how to travel, learning how to prepare, learning how to deal with uh, certain courses, just whatever, just small things, and even learning how to win. And now, I didn't I didn't win, but I put myself in a position this past summer in Evansville, Indiana, um, at Victoria National. I was uh, in the leader group, and I had, I was two back or whatever it was, and um, had the lead on 18. I bogeyed 17 and 18 to lose, and 17 I hit a bad shot in there. But 18 I hit a, I played it great. I hit a great shot, and it didn't reward me. It went in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but that feeling really kind of stayed with me, and it was the first time I really felt like I was ready to win. And I had that exact same feeling all day on Sunday. Yeah. And um, you know, basically where I've said this before, but basically where you have almost blinders on where you're not even paying attention to anybody in your group. I mean, you, you obviously know as a competitor where you can you, – you, you kind of know where you're standing. You know you're doing well. You know you're in the hunt. Um, but I hardly even had to look at – I mean, I didn't even look at a leaderboard really until 18 purposely. But wow. um, I knew I had a really good shot on 14, 14 or 13, the par three. But – I mean, I had basically blinders on and just kind of just kept doing my own thing um, and p- keep pushing myself to kind of my standard and not really to the field standard. I like it. That's good stuff. Uh, now, I remember being asked in the office next day, friends that don't follow the tour as closely, they text me, who is Cody Gribble? And, <laughs> I mean, that that happens to every, every first-time winner on tour <laughs> – and, you know, I, I want to ask you something about just your perspective on on your association, because when I read, uh, just read about it, and, and every time it felt like anyone was bringing your name up the next day, it was Cody Gribble, college teammate of Jordan Spieth. Cody Gribble, yeah. the teammate oh, yeah, on Jordan sure. Spieth's national championship team. I've talked with, like, Justin Thomas about it, too, about being associated with Jordan Spieth and how that's kind of like your narrative until you do something about it does that ever get old to you uh yeah it it definitely gets old but i get it i mean 
I mean, I even I don't even think that this win will do much. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I will live in the shadow of Jordan probably for a, for a long time. Um, but that's not a bad thing at all. I mean, Jordan's an incredible player. Um, I mean, what he's done, obviously at his age already, it's it's. Um, I mean, he's famous. He's a he's a celebrity, and I, I get it. Yeah, it's it gets old a lot of times. Definitely. Um, you know, after where I was just talking about Evansville, but after I had a chance to win Evansville, you know, they, all they everybody wanted to, wanted to link me to was every single title. I think was Jordan Spieth's roommate had a chance to win. You know, and Gosh. it's like not even my name, but uh, you know, it is what it is. You can't really look at that. I mean, Jordan's a great guy. He's one of my really good friends, um, and somebody that I can still learn a lot from, and I'm still learning from. So. Yeah, it's it's it gets old every now and then, and but I mean I know my place. I know I know where I am. Um, you know I'm I, I'd say I'm secure enough that I can deal with that. It's that's really I could be linked to other other players that worse than that. So yeah, this, this is true. I think you're handling it pretty well. I, I, yeah, I I honestly wouldn't know what I would. I think I would get pretty annoyed with that in the end. So you're doing fine. You're building your own narrative. Uh, victory yeah. by victory, uh, but you quickly learned. Yeah. You quickly learned how uh, hectic it can be after a tour victory, both in good ways and bad. Does it make it tough to compete in Vegas with all the interviews and requests? It, definitely. Um, first of all, I think Vegas, the, the course in Vegas, has um, requires a lot of course knowledge, and um, you know, obviously Smiley won last year, but I think that that was kind of um, an outlier because uh, I didn't really see a whole lot. Of, really many rookies playing playing great on that course there, there's a lot of different subtle breaks on the course um you know they, they talk about the stratosphere in indio and there is a serious break that goes towards the strip and really um it's kind of different but uh i was really impressed the way i came back and played on on friday uh to make the cut and i really didn't get anything going on friday on saturday or sunday but um Tee shots, I think, were 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 um, need to be worked on, and I got some stuff I got to work on today. But um, I was impressed by how I came back because I think any guy could have come after a win, kind of laid down on Friday and enjoyed the weekend. And um, Bob and I kind of grinded it out and um, played really solid to um, to make the cut. And it was close. I mean, there was a couple of things that needed to go my way. I didn't really. I mean, I had some great breaks happen in Jackson. I didn't really have any nice little um, anything's kind of kind of bounce my way. But you know, that's golf. It's going to even out, and um, just gotta keep working on it for sure. Yeah, I uh, I think one of the best things I guess, I guess that happened to you though, shortly after the win, you get a text from Peyton Manning. Is that right? <laughs> He's your favorite yeah, athlete. Yeah, I got a text you? from Peyton. Uh, so my really close family friends in Dallas, they, um, uh, they're pretty close with the with the Manning family, mainly Cooper, the older brother, and, and my dad has uh, talked to Cooper a few times. And, and after the Ole Miss-Texas game, when I was in school, my senior year in 2013, we played uh, Ole Miss in Oxford and then back in Austin and um, had a really good time with them and, and played golf with Cooper and, and – Cooper's who I'm. I, I'm. I'm. I'd say I'm better friends with, 
and I think when I won, I think I'm sure Cooper had Peyton send me a text, but which was an absolute honor. I mean, that guy's, <laughs> you know, my hero. And Cooper's one of my heroes. I mean, Cooper is the funniest guy you will ever meet. But um, it was pretty cool seeing that. <laughs> it was really cool seeing that. Um, I sent him a long text thanking him for his yeah. I mean, I I, cool. I don't even know what would be going through my mind. Did did you have <laughs> did you have his number or was it like a new number? I mean, I, I'm going through, <laughs> I'm going through so many texts and there's so many people that uh, that I'm still trying to get back to. But um, you know, and there's a lot of texts with no number with no names that I see, and I, I that I don't know why I clicked on that one immediately, and it's should Peyton he goes hey this is Peyton <laughs> and uh it was pretty good that's insane cool. that's so cool all right so before I let you go um let's keep it football related Peyton's your favorite athlete Cowboys are your favorite team what are your thoughts on Dak god I'm a, I mean I'm I keep waiting for him for the downfall but uh I love him I love him I mean I'm a I'm a Romo fan, obviously, but I don't. I, we can't put him in. I just don't think we. First of all, I think Peyton's going to get hurt. I mean, I think not Peyton. I think Tony's <laughs> going to get hurt again. But um, we got too much good mojo going with with Dak and Ezekiel. I mean, what do you think about it? it it's it's unbelievable. I'm loving it. Yeah, I uh, one of my roommates is actually he's from Dallas and he's a Cowboys fan. And he well, keep... come on, it's America's team, Sean. <laughs> I know, but uh, I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so it's it, it it's a great problem to have. Uh, I do feel I I mean in every every one of these situations. So like the the Patriots went through it with Brady and right. uh, Drew Bledsoe, right. and uh, I guess Drew Bledsoe I think went through it twice with Tony Romo. Uh, but regardless. It's a good problem to have. It does make me feel sympathetic towards Tony because, like, the guys, it's really easy to forget that he was also really good and still will probably be be pretty good. But Dak, yeah, he's been amazing. You can't you can't argue with anything he's done. It's been fun to to see maybe the haters, the doubters, like just go back in the closet and, and kind of be quiet. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I I don't know. I mean. It's hard for me to sit there. If you got something good going, it's hard for me to change something up. I know, I know for me, um, I had a caddy for the last year and a half. This, this is how I have related to myself, but <laughs> I had a caddy for the last, I won't say year and a half, about a year. And um, he had prior arrangements. And uh, for for Napa, he couldn't make it for Napa. And so I had my one of my buddies who's caddied for me in a couple of U.S. Opens and um, a couple of PGA events or whatever, and um, we finished top ten. I told I told him I'm I'm going I'm going to use him for Jackson, and we'll go from there. But you know, just hold tight, whatever. And we end up winning Jackson. So <laughs> got to keep Bob on the bag. Oh, He's yeah. one of my best friends, and I kind of feel like you know you just you can't mess up a good thing sometimes. But I don't know. I love Romo. I think Dak has been awesome. Um, he's tough. I mean, Dak is tough, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't. I still don't know how far we'll get if we're gonna. What will happen in the playoffs? I kind of feel like we've got a big monkey on our back. We're trying to fight off, 
but um the tricky part the tricky part gets t- is when uh is when Dak loses a game and throws like two picks. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Romo's yeah, I know. I, know. I totally agree there. with that. I told everything is going so well, but I feel like there is once it starts going wrong, it's like it's like Texas Longhorns right now, just the cycle we are in. But um it's like once we start losing, it's like we you know just kind of burn everyone and start over again. But um <laughs> I'm loving it right now. I'm sure there's going to be some downfall at some point, and then and then everyone's going to start pointing fingers at Jerry Jones like they always do. And we'll or, see. Or they can we'll win see. the Super Bowl. They could win the Super Bowl. Hey, we could. We got a chance. We got a chance. I'm loving it. It's fun right now. That's all you can ask for. I love it. Well, we can leave it at that. Thank you for tuning in to the Golf.com podcast. Thanks to Cody for joining me. If you like this podcast, tell me about it on Twitter at Sean underscore Zach. And if you thought Cody was a great guest, I think he definitely was. Uh, let him know on Twitter as well. That's at Cody Gribble, C-O-D-Y-G-R-I-B-B-L-E. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Zock. <laughs>